if the zoom cuts out, I'll just like do the same thing I just did, which is join back in whenever. Um, Fucking Jimmy Fallon never has these problems. <laughs> well, and he's everyone's favorite guy. Those those engineers probably get paid. His band is the Woots. <laughs> oh, so that's oh, so that's all it is. I just have to pay you, and then and then you'll do better work. Is that how it works? Huh? I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. There's no budget for that. You, you don't have. You, I'm too expensive for you. <laughs> you are. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I appreciate all the work <laughs> that you do. Hey, I, right. I do it because I love you, not because I love this. Oh, I love you too. All right, let's 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 get going. You're better than Jimmy Fallon, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Jimmy Fallon? I've, what, what did Neil Young, James? Oh, yes. I oh. suck his dick. Oh, I yeah. I suck his dick. Thank you. Neil Young, I suck his dick. Jimmy Fallon, I suck his dick. <laughs> Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the decoms from A to Xenon. My name's Brandon Lamuto. I'm your host, and I'm here with all my sweet peas, my... Suburbaramas, my good buds. Ryan Metz is our sound engineer. Hi, Ryan. Hi. How's it going? Uh, good. Cool. <laughs> James Latiri is our mixologist. Hi, James. Ni hao. How's it going? Good. I don't know good in Chinese. Cool. Brandon <laughs> Vant is our art director. Hi, Brandon. Yeehaw. How's it going? Yeehaw. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this is the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We watch movies. We talk about the movies. And this week, we chose to throw it back a little bit. Uh, we were getting a little burnt out on <laughs> the Disney Channel <laughs> original movies that we had chosen. Not to say that you shouldn't enjoy them, but because you know, mo- because we are adults in the middle of a very weird year, uh, we, we, we had a lot of other things on our minds. Uh, every, everything went south. But we're trying to turn it around. So we picked a totally random 1988 movie that we found on the Wikipedia page. Uh, it's not even under Disney Channel original movies. It's under Disney Channel premieres. This was one of the Sunday night movie nights that Disney Channel used to do. Uh, it's called Rock and Roll Mom. I don't think you've heard of it. If you have, that's awesome. But most people... I think hear that and just have they're like, oh, wasn't that wasn't that that Meryl Streep movie? No, that's Ricky and the Flash. That's Diablo Cody. You're wrong. You're 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 stupid. Go home. This is Rock and Roll Mom. If you it's, haven't heard of it, I recommend looking at the poster and trying to figure out what it's about. Yeah, we did a really good job with this one. Uh, yeah, that's our tipsy treatment. What are tipsy treatments, Brennan? Tipsy treatments, because we've watched so many of these movies, we feel like we're experts in them. So just by going off the poster alone, we try to figure out what this movie is going to be about. Yeah, we fucking killed it. (laughs) Yeah, I will start because I think that I did a pretty good job. Um, I thought that this movie was about a local mom who was talented but had to give up her dream in order to start a family. And one day she uh, wins a contest or something uh, from a local radio station. 
which uh, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember radio stations, but you know that's when you have a little device in your house and you turn it on and music comes out from a from Oh, a that's place. a podcast. It's Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're talking no, about. No, you you Gen Xers or Gen Zers or whatever you are. <laughs> no, a, a radio is a broadcast thing, but we won't get into that now. Anyway, the mom wins a contest on the radio station cuz she's a good singer and then gets famous and goes on tour, but then she misses her family, so family life draws her back in, but then uh, her fame catches up to her again, and she goes back on the yada, yada, yada. Anyway. I mean, you're pretty close. I yeah. think I, th- I, think I, think I everybody was. hit most of those, no- most of those notes. Um, I-, I guessed how many kids she had. I got it wrong. I figured she had a teenage boy, a younger girl, and a baby, but it's just a teenage girl and a younger boy, and I should have known because it's the 80s, so you have to have the cool girl and the 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 comic relief boy who has that accent that everyone has that I, I I don't get it. Every boy in the eighties spoke in that way, like "Gee Willikers, Mister." It's <laughs> it's such a specific thing. Because uh, his it. glands are stuck. Yeah, but he didn't I have did that, predict though. he had like the Brooklyn accent. Yeah, it, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is Brooklyn, isn't it? Even though they're in Santa Maria, California. Um, but I did predict that there would be no dad. So that that was my that was the one thing I nailed. No dad. And I also predicted that like, hey, maybe she meets Slash or somebody. But I should have known it was just Slash if Slash was like a math teacher. Oh my god. Um, there it? was there was like a quote notable guitarist in this movie, but he is he's what 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 was his name? Wadi Wachtel. His name? Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, As himself, all right. Yeah, who good the for fuck him. is that? He was a session guitarist. He did, and that's exactly what he is in this movie. So he's playing himself, which is fun. Um, but yeah, he's he's math teacher slash. <laughs> what and, a yeah, wild he's... world that you're like. Oh, how this fame! Wow, that's a real famous session musician. He's yeah, from Jackson Heights. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Which is Incredible. our neck of the woods here on the tipsy panel. Oh, man. Yeah, the kid, he's like, oh, my God, that's my favorite guitarist. I loved you playing rhythm on that one song on the B-side of that album. Yeah. He recorded on a B-side for Steve Winwood. You can't find it. <laughs> James, Holy you also shit. did pretty good on this tipsy treatment. I'm, I'm sorry. Before we do that, and while we're still talking about Wadi Wachtel, he was arrested in 1998 in suspicion of possession of child pornography. Oh shit! Oh, oh, oh shit! Wadi's Wadi's canceled. Fuck that guy. Damn. Yeah, I'm sorry, James. What was your tipsy treatment? I've never seen someone go from from like playfully. Accepting him to canceled. He's canceled. Yeah, no, fuck that. He's out. Um, I thought that she would get discovered at work. I imagined like uh, a cleaning up the store or something montage where she was dancing and then someone walks in and they're like, do that again. Uh, but that didn't happen. But I did predict that we would get a nice freeze frame ending, which I, I love to see. It wouldn't be a Disney movie without it. Yeah. Wouldn't be um, a oh, movie without it. Yeah, yeah. I also said that one of the kids would tell her to turn the music down, which is like the wow. That would be the craziest turn of events. Like I wouldn't even be able to contain myself if that happened. <laughs> but didn't happen, so I was safe. 
Ah, well. And I thought this was going to be some sort of Hannah Montana-esque precursor where um, the main character would live a double life, uh, tries to protect her rock star identity from her kids and her kids from her public life. Um, And that kind of ended up being, that's kind of a summary of this whole plot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. Cool. Um, No, let's not, because before... We get into that. We're called the Zipsy Panel for a reason. Why? It's because, it's because, it's because we drink. There's alcohol here. James is our mixologist. He makes really, really tasty drinks. And he made a really good one this time. What do you got? I got what, uh, based on my research, was one of the most popular 80s cocktails. And this movie is very 80s. And also, this would be one of those, like, you're having a house party. Like, one of those types of things. Um, so it's an Alabama slammer, which I didn't come up with a name Mm. for It's, it's now I'm leaning towards something like the cryogenic slammer because that was the other band that was supposed to be big. Oh yeah. The cryogenic, the Santa Maria slammer. Oh yeah. The Santa Maria slammer. Oh, perfect. Perfect. There it is. Nice one, Ryan. Um, but you can get Alabama slammers at like Applebee's now, which is awesome, but it's uh, an ounce of SoCo. Uh, Southern Comfort, half an ounce of slow gin, which is like, it's slow berries, so it's like a sweet gin, not a regular one. Um, an ounce of amaretto, and then an ounce of orange juice, and you drink it in, it's a ton of alcohol. <laughs> you drink it <laughs> oh, in a, yeah. uh, you drink it in a highball glass with a, a bunch of ice, and uh, yeah, enjoy it. fucking wasted. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that the fun of watching these movies? Just uh, just kick back, you That's know. The Let fun the movie of happen to you. Is getting yeah. obliterated. Hey, listeners, I know you want to make this drink. You should do it because we're gonna post the recipe on our Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, and you can make it, and you can drink it, and then you could drink another, and then you could call us up on the Disney Panel hotline at nine one four eight six three sixteen thirteen and say, Hey guys, I love the drink. Yes, I do have a word of caution though. First of all, you have you should be of legal age to drink. And second of all, please drink responsibly. But third of all, I do condone drunk dialing, no matter whether it's us <laughs> or your ex or whatever. Just do it and uh enjoy, but be safe about it. All right. Thanks. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, we've pretty much talked about the plot of the movie. You, it's it's out. If you take all four of our things and just mash them together, you've got the movie. This is a ma, a mother of two. She works at a bakery and she has a golden oldies trio group, a la like the Andrews sisters or something like that. Um, and she gets discovered because she has a rock song that she sings to kind of woo a crowd. Um, Joe Pantoliano is her manager, which is pretty funny. Um, the, the, she goes to LA, she gets a record deal. Um, she kind of explodes in fame and she also, and they try to tell her, you can't have a family, but she's like, I want to have a family. But then the nanny's like, no, you don't get to have a family. And there's, there's your conflict for you. That's I it. thought, I thought basically the conflict was that they were marketing her as somebody that she wasn't, whether that was you know, that they were trying to portray that she didn't have a family or that she was this hot young starlet or that she was single, you know, whatever. Um, I think the conflict was a little deeper than just you have no family, but um, that was absolutely part of it. I got to say, 
this movie is, you know, it's Disney, it's 80s, it's tropey as hell. But I got to say, my favorite trope throughout this whole thing is people from California don't understand having kids. Like, yeah. to have a child is is just what wait 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 what you have a you have a kid well no 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 you you're a singer you I'd don't you don't get to worms. have a family yeah i'd rather eat worms <laughs> i mean i'll tell you what the real conflict with this movie is it's the fact that the only place to find it is on youtube at 360p is it even 360p it is most certainly worse than that Maybe that's no, what... I'm sorry. It's literally 360 pixels. That's what I meant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is accurate. You know what's wild? Is we're watching, we're watching this movie right now in a Zoom screen, and it's small on my screen. Mm-hmm. It looks so much better when it's like four by four inches than it d- ever did. I couldn't, I had no idea what she looked like until now. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Neither did I. <laughs> You could really only identify Joe Pantoliano just from his voice because it's a very distinct voice. Same with Fran Drescher. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's... (laughs) I just... Is there any way to get these movies besides just someone's shitty VHS rip on YouTube? I don't think so. I want to call up, like... um, The Library of Congress. Yeah, Library of Congress. Disney. Because I know that this movie is in there. It's, it's very important to our history. And just say, hello, Mr. Library. Please, I need this movie. Do you think this is like in the vault? You know, they always talk about the Disney vault. Do you think it's there or did they just burn it? Well, let me just call up the congressional librarian that I know. Yeah. Yeah, give him a call. We got to know. <sighs> Guys, Fran Drescher... A, a true gem. I'm, I'm so glad that she was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was a first, lot of fun to just hearing her voice just makes me happy. At first I thought she was Debbie Reminds Mazar. Me of a better time when I would just watch Nick at night at 11 PM and the nanny pops on. I don't know. It wasn't even that great of a show, but her voice well, is just, her voice is just a, a, a time capsule and you hear it and you go back to that time. So I watched this movie, and it brought me back to that time. Also a Queens native. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. Yeah, at first, I thought she was Debbie Mazar, but then I realized that it was Fran Drescher. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a guy in this movie. This has nothing to do with the movie itself, but there's a, the, the record producer. His name is Michael Brandon. Guys, my That's... name is Brandon Michael. <laughs> wow. I know, right? That's pretty That's much so a- weird because those names are really uncommon. <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. They're not that long. Okay, yeah. But as far as I know, there is no other Brandon Lamuto in the world. If any of you out there know one, please, please tell me because I think I'm the only one. Um, there is a, a, an Italian trombonist named... Michel Lamuto, which is Michael Lamuto in Italian, and that's my middle name and my last name. Uh, now there's a Michael Brandon, which is also my first and middle name. So uh, we're, we're not that far off from me finding somebody who has the same name as me. And I'm curious. I mean, I like being the only one of me out there, but maybe there's another. Maybe we can connect spiritually. What were they trying to say about the deli boy? About who? Oh, movie? yeah. Um, I don't know, but I didn't like it. <laughs> 
They, like, made fun of... So, the rock and roll mom, before she becomes rock and roll, she is a grocery store mom, and she works at a grocery store, and there's a teenage boy who works there who just is kind of sporadic, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Uh... It, it, I, I feel it's it's like spectrum behavior before you could identify that in a movie. And yeah, they were because just like, it's he's weird. And because it's before it was a commonplace thing. They just come off as the the comic relief guy in a movie. That's that's just the eighties and nineties, and I, I I wish it wasn't that way, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, here's a direct quote from the movie: "She'd be hotter if she was ten years younger." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she is, her name is Annie, yeah? Annie Hackett. She's a mother of two, and they're trying to sell her. And, you know, to sell a woman as a musician in the 80s, all you could do is sell her body. Really the only way it works. Did you guys like her song? Yeah, I did like the song. I Um, did too. It's a jam. It was later to last for me. Oh, wait. Yeah. I I watched this. Never mind. That song played, like, three times in full throughout the movie. I mean, if that song had actually came out, I feel like we would hear it at, you know, dive bars and afternoon radio stations. So that song did come out. Wait, Uh, what? Patti LaBelle had sang that song, like, a year before. I don't know the reason why it was used in this movie, but Patti LaBelle, who's like, I I feel like I don't... don't, she's off the top pretty of my head. Famous. Don't know her other songs, but yeah, she's famous. She has a version of this song. Wow. So did it do well? Like, did it chart? I don't think so. Let's crunch yeah. some numbers quick. You know <laughs> yeah, what song? Let's, I, let's go to the charts. You know what song I did like was I love. I know you got a husband, but I don't trust luck or whatever <laughs> that song yeah. was. Yeah, that's that a was good a good one. one. It- he could be hit by a bus. He could be hit by a bus. It's, that's a real sentiment that we feel every day. Yeah, I mean, people, that would be lucky. The, the people you love could just get hit by a bus. This is, okay, yeah, this was recorded in 1986. I'm looking at the lyrics. They match like a moth to a flame, like all that stuff is in here um, on Patti LaBelle's album, Winner in You. Huh. Winner in you. That's yep. so weird. It's her eighth album. Wow. So was it was I the number so, one I album? So many que- Wait, I have so many questions, and these should have been questions that I asked before we got on this podcast. But please keep keep giving me this info. It was a number one album. It peaked at number one on the Billboard what? 200. But so maybe just, your mind tonight wasn't like a single off of it. So they just took a song from this hit record and said, no, you know what? Our made-up character wrote it. Yes. Sounds like that's what they did. Kind of bold. I'm into it, though. I like the fact that that 80s hair is so big, uh, nobody wears their headphones correctly. They all wear them. Oh, my God, like under their head. Yeah. As to not mess up the hair. Yeah, but and the, the hair that they give her is 280s. I mean, I don't know if there's such a thing as 280s, but it's 280s. It oh, it's is, so much worse than her normal hair. Yeah, you, you, Listeners, you know the look. It is crimped, it is platinum blonde, and it is larger than like a, a, a dog. It she is looks, larger than a medium-sized dog. It she is looks like gigantic. a member of the Scorpions. Like She looks like mm-hmm. one of those men in the hair metal group with a, with a perm. Like hair metal, dude, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen hair that intense. They they really did a number on it for this movie. <laughs> Big fan though. A lot of good outfits. Loved the outfits in this movie. I love the outfit that Annie is wearing when she when she gets off of a helicopter mm. in like four inch heels and a, a silver vinyl like jumpsuit. Loved it. Yeah, it's like yeah. some Lady Gaga, the fam monster. Oh, shit. absolutely. Just to say hi to her kids. Yes. <laughs> Destroying her sister's front lawn by landing a helicopter in the middle of a suburban neighborhood. Hey, look, in fairness, it's probably the label that did that, not her. She's probably like, no, don't destroy my sister's spread. I guess so. Her nah, son Albert's going to need more therapy. <laughs> Be- <laughs> Albert. The character of the two kids can be summed up with these quotes that were said one after another. The teenage girl says, are we monumentally wealthy now? <laughs> and the teenage boy says, when can we be your kids again? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So the, the whole plot line around her family and alien in words, um, she's alienated away from her kids because of the job. Um, it's, they, they give her a, a fucking persona. Her name is Mystere, which is a terrible name. No oh, wonder yeah. she didn't do very well. Um, but they tell her, oh no, you can't have kids. You can't be a family woman. You have to just be Mystere because it's Mystere. Yes. And then obviously in the course of about five minutes in the movie that falls apart. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you say she wasn't very popular, but she was on the Rolling Stones cover. The Rolling Stone. The only Rolling Stone. Yeah. For copyright reasons, this was not the Rolling Stone. Oh, wait. <laughs> Rolling's, <laughs> Rolling's Tone. Yeah. The Rolling's Tone. I have a difficult time tracking how much time passes throughout this movie. Because at first she says she's only in L.A. for two days, and then she says she's staying a little longer. But in this time, she has more than one concert. She has a, she has a, a Rolling Stone cover. Like, if she's on the cover, she knew about it. Like, she went to a photo shoot, and she did an interview. Like, that doesn't just happen. Um, but it, it comes off as some sort of surprise. And then she she flies back. She has many more shows, but they make it seem like it's all over the course of a week. Yeah, I mean it's probably a little bit more than a week because that other artist, what's her name, uh, something X. Oh, Darcy, Darcy X. Yeah, Darcy X. she goes to uh, Jamaica on vacation, and while she's on vacation, um, mom records the song, and you know all hell breaks loose at the label. So. It was supposed to be Darcy's song. Yeah. Right, even though, um, what's her name? Um, Hackett wrote it. Annie. Annie, thank right. you. So, she Darcy X... <laughs> that was a good one. Darcy X is played by Heather Locklear. And, like, the movie, the poster makes a big deal about it. It's a special guest, Heather Locklear. Um, but... I guess I, you know, she's a household name. People know who she is, but I'm looking at her IMDb in 1988, and I have no idea why she was a special guest. 
Like she she was in she was in just scattered things by, you know, 1988, but she had one big TV show. She was in TJ Hooker. Do you guys know what TJ Hooker is? I've heard of it. Yeah. It's William Shatner. Oh, okay. Are I, I, I guess I am just the wrong generation. And I would assume many of our listeners are too. Le wrong Because I look through her IMDb and I'm like, none of this looks notable. Why is Heather Locklear the special well, was guest? Was she like now? a model too or something? Yeah. Oh, was she? she? Dynasty was a big show, I think. Dynasty was like uh, one of those Aaron Spelling shows. So she was. Oh. Oh, she okay. So IMDb is organized in that weird way where because that show ended after uh, this movie came out, it comes later. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's she did this after, which made me think, oh, of course, rock and roll mom must have propelled her to fame yep. to star in this big TV <laughs> Absolutely. show. Absolutely. As Darcy X. Yep. Who okay, has the best sense. quote in the movie, Darcy X? Which, which is, one? I feel stressed and there are too many alpha waves in here. Mm. <laughs> I wrote that down too. So true. Well, that's so how true. I feel when I was recording with you guys, which is why I had to move 1,400 miles away. Get away from the alpha waves. But yeah, because we're all alphas. At, at least you don't mind putting your vertebrae on a green mattress. I would never put my vertebrae on a green mattress. Just saying. Yeah, Darcy X wouldn't do that either. Hey, <laughs> So this is a totally insignificant character in the movie, but Darcy's manager has the wildest British accent I've ever heard. Oh, I and thought he was name French. Is, is it Uncle Jack? He has a name? I didn't even Uncle, know that. His name's Uncle Jake. It's something, but it's Uncle, and I didn't <laughs> like it. He sounds like they told him to do a British accent, but the only person he's ever heard is Paul McCartney with a cold. Oh my like it's, God. It's, it's a very bad accents i don't know i like many of these movies i watched it as quickly as i could meaning sped up as quickly as i how could. how did you speed up the youtube video dude can you it's do not that hard. settings not wheel hard. baby oh dear but homeboy sounded like he learned to speak english from a french man who was teaching him english <laughs> uncle jack uncle jack but yeah, he was a very minor character in the movie, but he was he was a good one, and I'm glad we're talking about him. He was kind of the villain. Yeah, he was, because he spread around the the knowledge of Mystere actually being Annie Hackett. I don't know. I think um, their record executive, who's like leading Annie on because he's so handsome and sexy, I think he's the real villain, because... I don't think we really see him redeemed at any point, except for, I don't know, I guess he lets Annie put on the show that she wants to put on, but still, he's only doing that because, you know, ostensibly it could gain him money, right? But Yeah, but he's totally redeemed. She kisses him. But he he tackles her and pins her down. Yeah, no, that's yeah, fucked did. up. But after that, he kisses her again. Yeah, but like, that's... First of all, that's practically rape. And second of all, it's extremely manipulative what's he, what he's doing. Yeah, no, definitely. He's sorry, I'm sorry. I should what? rephrase. She kisses him. The first time, so yeah, he, you know, they have a falling out. But then after the show happens and after, you know, Mystere rebrands herself as Suburma Rama 
uh, family friendly pop rock group. Um, they, it seems to be implied that they have a thing and, and their thing will, will last into rock and roll mom too. Uh, this time it's personal. <laughs> he, yeah, he, I don't know. There was, there was a lot there between them. And then by the end, it's just not like, I didn't even get it at all. Like he gets her back to the show, but that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And classic- it could just be that he feels bad. Yeah, the classic line was said where she tries to quit, but he reminds her that she's under contract. Oh, the contract. That's how you get them. Yeah, I kind of wish there was more to the, you know, the the conflict of the movie besides, oh, I don't read the contract because he seems nice. Well, you know what it was? It was the, quote, cute thing between his teeth, whatever the (laughs) fuck that could have been. His uvula. It was just stuck right between his teeth. <laughs> and she saw it and she was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys got a DCOM F-bomb? I do. Cool. For those of you who don't know, the DCOM F-bomb is if this were a PG-13 movie, you could say fuck once. I would just say it. So Annie has two friends from home that we haven't talked too much about, but they're like the classic girlfriends, you know, sassy, brassy, always have her back. Mm -hmm. And one of them uses this as a threat. I don't know what it means, but the F-bomb's in there. One of them says, I'll give her a manicure she'll never fucking forget. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't even talk about the, the friends yet, but I loved her friends because there's, you know... Annie gets propelled into stardom after being on stage with her friends. And there's never any idea of jealousy. It's never like, oh, we wish we were famous like you. No, they just support her the whole time. It's really sweet. It was kind of a nice, uh, honest look at how phony the music mm-hmm. industry is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was kind of nice that fame didn't really change her. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I was kind of expecting that. And really, she like her main concern, like even when they were g- telling her all the stuff she was going to do, she was like, I only took two days off. I got to get my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even when uh, she gets kind of accidentally forced into a temp job, um, she's like, <laughs> yeah, OK, right. you know, I'm down with this. Like, she's a real team player. And, you know, she never makes it about her unless it's like, you know, being true to herself, really. Yeah. All in all, good protagonist. Yeah. Um. Anyway, my f bomb would be after after the scene that I just discussed, where uh, Mr. Record Executive tackles and pins Annie to the ground. Then her kids do the same thing to her, and of course, it's in good fun and it's horseplay. And this might be a little bit dark, but I think I'd have her like flash back to that scene and go, "Oh, get the fuck off me!" And the kids are like, "Mom." What's wrong? And then oh, damn. we would we would kind of um you know realize how this is affecting her and uh I think that would be a, a good transition to like you know, she's fighting harder for herself to remain true to uh you know who she is as a mom and her artistic vision. So Yeah, so that's that- the only place that's the only place I could think of the F word being acceptable. That's like real movie stuff. That's not Disney Channel fun for the whole family stuff. It's good, but oh yeah. man. Well, this was almost a real movie. I suppose. I don't know. My DCOM F-bomb is obviously from 
from Fran Drescher because she, <laughs> who, who's going to say, who's going to drop the F-bomb better than her? You know, um, she is the, she is the hair makeup artist, um, overall fashion designer for Annie. Um, she has a name. Who cares what it is? It's Fran Drescher. The character is Fran Drescher. Um, the record exec gets in a limo to meet Fran Drescher and tell her, oh, I have a, I have a new job for you. I have this, this woman. Um, there she is standing on the street corner. And then they show her. And Fran, who is a little worried that this is an older woman who she has to market as a hot new sensation, and, you know, very clearly tells that to this woman's face multiple times, would see Annie Hackett standing on the street for the first time in her mom clothes and look at her and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> Hi there. Oh, you're so precious. Is that Fran Drescher? I don't know. I've never done that, that voice before. I tried it, though. If it worked, it it's worked. Not a bad, cool. Not bad, Fran Drescher. I'm the nanny. <laughs> spot on. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love to be here. Hey, Fran, if you're listening, why don't you hit us up and uh, tell us what you think of Brandon's uh, impression of you? It's uh, call us on the phone, 914 863 1613. That's the Fran Drescher hotline. Thanks yeah, for calling. It, you know, it's time for the Fran and Brand podcast. <laughs> where we talk, where she, where I talk about the the episodes of the nanny that I've seen. I do no research, and I say, "Hey, Fran, do you remember that that thing in in the nanny where where the, where this happened?" And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And I go, "Yeah, she, yeah, that was that was fun." Oh, oh, and do you also remember that other thing where where that other thing happened? That's, and she that's goes, the whole podcast. Hi, homie. <laughs> Hi, homie. We'll get 150 episodes of 90-minute podcasts just based on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to share my F-bomb. And there's a character we haven't really talked about yet. He is the record exec's boss, the big exec. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, he's, I guess, the villain? There's no villain in this movie. Mm. I, but anyway, he's like an... He's like, a centimeter away from an F-bomb in every scene he's in in this movie. <laughs> but there's there's one in particular. He's in, like, the country club talking about how he's not happy with how things are going with Mystere or whatever. And the whole country club turns to him mm. and, like, as because he's being really loud on his very big phone. Um, I don't know if he's on a very big phone. He was just on the phone, though. And for some reason, I just saw his face and the way he looks at everybody. He tells them, like, oh, mind your own business. But I just saw him calling everybody in that country club an uppity fuck. <laughs> you uppity fucks, mind your own business. <laughs> nice, man. Well done. That's a good one. That is a good one. I like that. Hey, listeners, you guys got DCOM F-bombs? I know you do. Let us know. Email us, DisneyChannel60Panel at gmail.com. I want to know where you think it would be funny for somebody to say fuck. Nobody ever tells us where their decom f bomb is. Yeah, that's true. Not even Fran. I was hoping that she would tell us. You know, she emails us all. She emails us all the time. But no, hey, homie. I, we we still haven't gotten one. So yeah, please uh, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Did you guys think there was ever going to be a love triangle between Jeff, mm-hmm. who we all don't like? Mm-hmm. Annie and Robbie, her manager. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It seemed mm. it seemed like, you know, 
the 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 record exec is the guy that she wants, but the um, but but Ronnie is the guy that she I don't know deserves. That wants He's, her. Yes, he does. He clearly does, yeah. but he never he never pushes himself on her. He's a good character. You know, at first yeah. you think he's kind of sleazy because he's trying to make it in the music industry, and that's just sort of the impression you get of people like that. But he does look out for her and try to do what's best. Like, he tells her, you should read the, you know, we need to get somebody to read the contract. Uh, he, you know, tells her, I have a record deal for you. He reaches out to her um, and doesn't really ask anything from her other than... You know. Other than to stay away from his goddamn inflatables. <laughs> right. And 10%. Yeah, but that was a brilliant B plot, is that he was also like a salesman of some sort. And he was like, you could fit a whole living room set in a lunch pail. Uh, how about the friends? The friends were like, he'd sell you the BK bridge if he could figure out what state it's in. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a really good line. Also, we never... um. We haven't even addressed, like, we talked a little bit about the friends, but one of the friends is a, is a DCOM alum. Um, what's her name? Uh, I gotta look through my notes. Nancy Lenahan. She's just one of the friends, but she's, the, she's in Dis, um, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. She was that, that teacher in that movie, and this is, like, almost 20 years apart from that, which I think wow. is pretty notable. Um, Wait, who? Who is she in this movie? So, one of the three... Sweet Peas, one of the girls oh. who sings the Golden Oldies. There's Annie, there is, uh, and then there's her two friends. And the blonde one is, uh, you know, a, a sitcom actor. You see her in everything. Oh. And she played the, the cooking teacher in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Wow. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but there probably aren't too many people who have acted in Disney Channel movies for that long, you know, from 1988 up until like, what was it, 2002, 2003, mm. something like that. That's like 15 years. Disney Good Channel longevity panel. Yeah, the <laughs> DCLP. We'll get her on for that one. So I have an issue with the whole end of the second act of this movie. So this, this movie follows a pretty traditional act. There, Act one is the rise. Act two is the fall. Act three is where she rises just enough to be comfortable. Um, that's, that's the whole arc of this movie. But the fall comes up in such a clumsy, shitty way. So the paparazzi reveals that Mystere has a real name. Her name is Annie Hackett. She has it's a family. It's not Mystere? Her name isn't Mystere. She has a family, and she is not some sort of otherworldly human. Like, do you, do you think that there were, do you think that there were exposés on TV at the time that were saying, like, mm, wait a second, guys. This guy's name isn't Sting. Wait, His guys, name's Gordon. Salt and Peppa are not actually condiments. And he's not even in the police. And he, how it's dare just he a, have a family? Yeah. What's wrong with this guy? Mm. He doesn't deserve to be in the music industry. Well, I don't know about that because it's a double standard. You know, Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner is allowed to have a family because <laughs> he's Sting. But Mystere, she's got to be hot and young. And nobody wants to know that she had kids. Yeah. yeah, because having kids isn't marketable. 
They had to call somebody else mom, I guess. So, no. To answer your question, I don't think that there were exposés on uh, female artists who had kids because I think that it's a movie plot and it was not realistic. Yeah, it, the 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 whole fact that that would have taken her down is is really where it kind of lost me. I was like why would why at all would that make a difference and all it takes for her to for that to not matter is to just be called suburbarama just change yeah. the name mm-hmm. yeah you can have kids if you acknowledge that you are a mom who has kids yeah all of a sudden it didn't matter like what i don't know i i think it's worth noting that Annie Hackett's best performance in this movie is right at the beginning when she's performing in the comfort of her own kitchen. Yes. Yep. That's when, you know, that's when she like, you know, climbs on the table and, you know, does the, the bend over backward thing. The, there was a, a lot of ass shaking in that scene. Like yeah. quite a, quite a lot of butt stuff. Yeah, actually. there was. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that's how they, that's how they're meant to establish. Like she's a mom, but she's smoking. She's a mom, but she's still got it. Will she be able to hide her secret? This is Rock and Roll Mum. Yeah, wait, is <laughs> this movie called Rock and Roll Mum or Mom? Well, I think when it aired in uh, England, a.k.a. Britain, mm-hmm. they called it Rock and Roll Mum because those blokes over there don't understand the word mom. Yeah, they don't get it. You know, this mom? is actually, this is Gordon What's Michael mom? Thomas Sumner's favorite movie. <laughs> Oi, my name is Sting and my favorite film is Rock and Roll Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Sting definitely does not have a Cockney accent. Oi, oi, I'm messaging a bottle. Uh, oi, 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 Roxanne, put on red light. <laughs> what you want about, mate? Put on the red light. Every step you take, every move you make. Now, now I've just descended into Australia, so... So to our our six or seven British listeners out there, I'm real I'm real sorry. As Canada, I know. And to our one Canadian listener, I'm real sorry. You know what's kind of sad? We can't even do a decom dad hour for this movie. No dads. No dads. There's zero dads in this movie. That's kind of not, not a di- okay. Not a I dad know- to be had. I know I said <laughs> no dad, so sad, too bad. Oh I know I God. said that that's a bad thing, but it's really not because it is a movie about uh, you know, female empowerment and the fact that even despite all the shitty men in the record industry, she can still find a way to carve her own space and do something unique, which is nice. So in that aspect, I'm glad that there's no decom dad, but I always want a decom dad, you know? Well, look, on the bright side, this movie passed the bechamel test, so... <laughs> yeah, a lot of cheese. A, a plus. <laughs> the bechamel test. <laughs> oh. What else we got, guys? Is there anything else? Um, um, well... I, I know we talked about Fran Drescher already, but I love when uh, Annie asks uh, Fran's character, do you have kids? She says, oh, no, I'd rather eat worms. <laughs> yeah. 
So good. Two kids tells it tells the kids that she would rather eat worms than have kids. Oh, right. It was the kid who asked. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, I'd rather eat worms. <laughs> um, when, when Suburbarama is getting ready to go on stage for their big performance, mm-hmm. they have a full-blown athletic training montage. They're doing push-ups. They're mm. running up stairs. They're, as of, like, it's Annie, her two kids, and her two friends just working out like exercising together <laughs> to play a show to play mm-hmm. one song <laughs> I, I love in that true, song in true 80s style this had a number of montages yeah yeah it did they had a beauty montage makeover montage workout montage mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing they knew how to sell it to the people there was how are no we gonna cleanup. advertise these weird songs oh montage there was no clean up or fixing stuff up montage. That's what we needed. Yeah, nobody yeah. painting walls and splashing paint mm. on each other. No. Damn it. Oh, well. Next time. It's really going to affect my score. That's for, <laughs> that's for Rock and Roll Mom 2, um, son of back Rock the, and Roll Mom. Back in the habit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was one thing that made me really upset in this movie, and I'm looking through my notes, and I found it. It's the last thing I wrote. Um, in that last song that Suburmarama writes, uh, they do a key change, and it was really, really bad. Brandon hates key changes. You want to know who loves key changes? Ryan. Brandon, Michael Brandon. <laughs> yeah, Michael Brandon <laughs> loves key changes, but Brandon Michael hates key changes. That's are, the main difference. That's how you can tell <laughs> us apart. Look, I'm all for a good key change. Like, I'm a, I'm a student of music. I have a perfectly useful music degree from a liberal arts college. And let me tell you this. Key changes are possible, and they can be good. But this one wasn't good. <laughs> that, that's the extent of me using my music degree from a liberal arts college. Oh, another thing. So Annie basically wants to have like a day with the kids. This is what winds up getting her in trouble when they find out that um, that she has a family and the paparazzi catches her. Mm-hmm. In order to get the kids out, she wears like uh, what do you call it? Like a like a head scarf, like a driving scarf and big sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And her kids wear fake noses and mustaches oh, and glasses. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do the the Groucho Marx face. Yeah, they didn't have to be in disguise. <laughs> It was fun. They just wanted to hide. That's more conspicuous. Hey, what's that <laughs> pop star doing with those children in disguise? No, 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 no. It's not no. Halloween. See, it's it's reverse reverse psychology because when I see somebody wearing a Groucho Marx a Groucho Marx nose and mustache and glasses, I think, "Oh, those people clearly want to be noticed because they're wearing the silly thing." So I'm just not going to pay any attention to them. <laughs> Reverse, reverse psychology. I th- is that called gaslighting? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. Trying to make you question your own psychology. Yeah. I also hold a psychology degree from a liberal arts college. Oh, come on, man. Then do better. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Um. 
I, I thought it was funny when uh, Suburbarama was on stage and everybody's all rocked and, you know, the the band is exciting the crowd. And then uh, Annie screams, I want you to meet my family. Like, that was the most rock and roll thing she could have done in that moment when the whole movie was like this push and pull between her wanting to have a family and like not being able to. Oh, wait, hold on. New decom f bomb where the, you know the crowd's going wild, everybody's cheering, and she grabs the mic. She goes, "You guys want to meet my fucking family? Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to see my fucking son? He's eleven he years old daughter. and he sounds like a dweeb. He's too short to beat up his bullies. Everybody say hi to my son. I don't remember his name. She my doesn't son. remember his name either. No, no." He he had the best. He had one of the my favorite quotes, where he's like, get he's talking in the car about how he's getting bullied in the very beginning of the movie, and uh, his sister's like, you should fight back, and he goes, oh, so I'm to blame because my glands are stuck. Yeah. <laughs> how did I miss that? Hate to have. I've stuck never glands. heard that combination of words. <laughs> there were some good quotes in this movie like the daughter says to the mom people your age have brittle bones <laughs> yeah she's like what maybe 40 well Something like um, that i mean her daughter I, is what um like 15 14 15 and the, most people at this time had their first kids around like 20 to 25 so yeah i, I looked the, it up and diane cannon was born in 1937 so Mm-hmm. In this film, if it was 88, she'd have been, I mean, math is never my strong suit, but what, 41? 51. Well, oh, okay. 51. Wow. Yeah. Brandon actually holds a math degree from a <laughs> liberal arts school. Guys, you would not believe how many degrees I own. And this is what it's come to, hosting yes. a Disney Channel original movie podcast. And you know what? It was so, all worth it. Quit school. Also, she was married <laughs> to um, Cary Grant. Did anybody wow. know that? Yeah. Whoa. I think she was Harry Grant's second wife. They were only married for like three years. So it was very much the, you know, the quintessential May-December romance. Wonderful, but, uh, darling. Yeah. Um, mm, that another... was 1965 to 1968. Wow. Well, another piece of Annie Hackett trivia. I'm looking at IMDb right now. And apparently... Uh, Diane Cannon appeared in Mickey's 60th birthday, which is a TV movie for Disney, hmm. also as Annie Hackett. So that would what? So that would have been just a little bit after this, right? Because Steamboat yes, Willie is what year. 1931. Oh, okay, so well, 1928. Also 1988. She okay. appears in Mickey's 60th birthday as Annie Hackett. I'd really like to know. So they were really marketing this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's incredible that we had never heard of it until we decided to review it we need to find somebody who saw this movie on tv in 1988 and has any context to how it was you know pitched to the masses well it's chill that diane cannon is still alive maybe she'll tell us did you know that diane cannon according to imdb is the first woman in the history of the motion picture academy to be nominated nominated for for oscars both in front of continue and behind the camera. Right, exactly. Yeah, she won acting Oscars and she won uh, directing and or producing Oscars. No, no, she was nominated. Oh, no, okay, sorry, nominated. She hasn't won any of them, but she was nominated, which is 
still fucking awesome. So good for her. That's chill. Yeah. Chill AF, bro. <sighs> I think we're about at the end here. I wrote way fewer notes for this movie than I normally do. Mm. Normally, yeah, I hit two. Normally, I cover three pages easily. This time, I only hit two. I think these yeah. older ones are their their plots are simpler and they're definitely slower paced. So, like, just less yeah. happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know what? It's I don't even know how to describe it, but there's something about the filmmaking that is different from it is today. And this reminds me of Gone Are the Days, which was another movie that we watched. Yeah. In that every scene just kind of feels standalone. Like, I, I don't really yeah. know how to explain it, but it's like they took just moments and strung them together with a loosely fitted plot. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense at all? It yeah, does. It, yeah, it does. It, to me, it feels uh, less like they're trying to shoehorn things into a plot to make it work and more like, you know, they started with a story idea and you know they're they're just running with it i mean uh i don't i don't know if that even makes any sense but it feels less forced um in many ways than than a lot of the modern ones yeah definitely that we've watched. I, I mean if you think I, about the modern ones they're kind of like pushed to put out a certain amount of things like mm -hmm. when disney channel original movies became a thing they put out 12 movies in the year 2000 like that was Ugh. a huge ass push now they don't put out nearly as many, but, you know, yeah. I don't know if you guys felt this way. I, I sort of am realizing I never knew where they were. I was like, are they in a hotel? Whose house are they at? Are they, <laughs> where's this concert? Where is what? Like, they're taking a helicopter and they're driving place, the same places. Like, maybe it's because it's, none of it's like a set. Like, it's all like out in the real world. But mm -hmm. I, I was very, I, I felt very lost, literally lost in space in this movie. I get that, yeah. I think I prefer that, though, to a movie like, say, High School Musical 2, where you can very clearly tell when they are in a set, and it's yeah. a lot of the movie. Yeah, I guess, that, or even like, like, even more on the other spectrum is like Xenon, like everything's in that space station. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, hold on. They filmed that in a studio? You mean to tell me? Oh. Oh. I thought. Um, oh. No, it, it, that's right. I've, that's a bad example. That one was filmed in the future. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah don't, sorry. Don't, don't ruin that for me. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, my mistake. Xenon is an international treasure, and I will not imagine anything other than her filming in space. Well, yeah, and, and Brandon. Again, sorry that the Protozoa concert got canceled. Um, I know it just keeps getting moved back for you know all these years, but it's trust me, they're going to reschedule. Protozoa isn't a protozoa, a bacteria. Can't it fight the coronavirus on its own? <laughs> hey, we have to keep things light and positive, so no talking about coronavirus. What's coronavirus? Is that like um, is that like getting sick from beer in the morning, bruh? Oh, that's <laughs> that's actually really funny. If you're hungover oh. from drinking too much beer, it means you have the coronavirus. Oh, so chill, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got the coronavirus, man. I've been drinking those cervezas, oh and now God. I woke up with a headache. Ah, uh -huh, yeah. Holy shit.
Yo, I, I'm I'm laughing so hard. You're gonna have to put me on a ventilator. <laughs> oh my god! I think it's time to rate this movie. Does anybody have anything to say before we rate this movie? Yeah, like in this universe that Rock and Roll Mom takes place in, you could also get polyester burns walking through a place like the Xenon Space Station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess I never really thought about how uh, '80s the future fashion actually is. Oh, and there's a fucking car chase in this movie too. Anyway, I'm I'm basically oh. done. Great car chase though. It's like there those cars are not filmed on the back of like trucks. I remember when in my brief stint of working in production, um, any scene on t in TV or movies where they needed to show somebody driving in a car, ninety ninety nine percent of the time, the car was just sitting on a flatbed truck. And they had a ton of cameras rigged up, and it, nobody was ever actually driving. But no way, this man. was a this real was ass car chase scene. Yeah, it was. Yo, Diane Cannon was driving, B. Both of them were driving, and they're just yelling at each other. Both of them just driving down the same direction in a two way street in LA. <laughs> He just yelling at each other. He cuts her off. He cuts her off like he's, he's going to like let her hit him. Yeah. In his. Stupid little convertible. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely yeah, loved it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm basically done uh, reviewing this movie. Yeah, it was, sure. It was whatever. All right. I guess it's I guess it's time then. Um, for those of you who don't know, our rating system is very simple. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. That's it. We could do thumbs to the side too, right? No. Okay. No, you can't. Who do you think you are? Well, I feel like we can. No, 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 no. Are you sure? Are you remembering this correctly? I am absolutely remembering this correctly. One finger up, but it's not a thumb. You mean like like a middle finger? We rate out of ten, right? Like one finger is is one for this was the best number one, and ten was right. Am I am I getting this right? Don't we all rate for then other people to go and give the official rating, and that's how. The country chooses whether this was a good or bad movie or not. I'm gonna be hey, sick. Brett. Hey, D condiments. That's my name for <laughs> listeners. <laughs> hey, D condiments. <laughs> this one's simple. You give thumbs up or thumbs down. Movie good or movie bad. I love. And Brandon gets to start. I do get to start. Oh boy. Movie good or movie bad, Brandon? I'm sorry, movie bad. This one's a thumbs down for me. There were so many <laughs> things in this movie that I thought could have gone really well. Like Joe Pantoliano's in it. Heather Locklear is in it. These are all really cool things. Fran Drescher. As soon as I found out Fran Drescher was in it, I was like, okay, this is going to be a great movie. And Fran Drescher is great. And Joe Pantoliano is great. But the movie, like, just kind of bored me. Um, there's just, I, I don't really know how to explain that I enjoyed what was happening at times, but the movie did not hold my attention. I realized that the movie was bad when about like an hour and 10 minutes in, I was just clicking through my phone and I opened up Facebook. Oh, like I never opened up Facebook, but I was just looking for something to do. And I'd already clicked through Twitter and I'd already looked at my email. So I looked at Facebook all right, listen, we, we know what you didn't like about this movie, and I'm going to go next. And I think that if you'd paid attention to this movie, you would have liked it. And 
this is going to sound crazy, but I liked this movie. And for that reason, I'm going to give it a thumbs up mm. because wow, it was a nice little series of moments like we described before. You know, it had a cohesive storyline. Granted, it was not a great one. But I liked the little things that were taking place. Like there was a photo shoot. There were multiple concerts. There was a helicopter landing on a lawn. There was a car chase. There were multiple bakery scenes. I mean, the guy had flour thrown in his face. You know, it oh, was, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was campy, um, extremely campy. I mean, the movie's called A Rock and Roll Mom. And she's like dancing a la, you know, uh, Risky Business, like whatever that Tom Cruise movie was. You know, she's like doing the the sexy dance and, you know, she's like, but my kids, you know, it was it was ridiculously campy. Was it particularly well done? No. But are any of these movies particularly well done? I don't think so. So the fact that I was amused by it and I found something to hold my attention for 90 minutes um, I think that really uh, speaks volumes about the divide, for me at least, between these movies, the premieres, and the, and the DCOMs. I mean, something about the DCOMs just drives me crazy. Maybe it's because they're uh, like cookie cutter and mass produced, uh, you know, for children to watch after school or, or some shit, but... I don't know. This to me felt like a more of a real movie. And even though it was, it was bullshit. Let's be real. Um, I still got a kick out of it enough to, to give it a thumbs up. So um, rock and roll, mom, rock and roll. Thumbs up for rock and roll. That's great. Hell yeah, Ryan. I'm with you. I liked this movie. Hey. Uh, I kind of, I like, I think it's cause it was actually about an adult and <laughs> <laughs> not a bunch of tweens. Um, yeah, like, unlike the DCOMs, the Disney Channel premieres kind of let things breathe for a minute because they're not trying to grab the attention every, every seven minutes, um, with new scenes and new characters and new jokes. But Mm. like, this one's very quotable. Um, it's goofy. And I, I do kind of think it's a nice look at a nice and honest look at the music industry because, Mm. um, you know, they, they like talk about sending out samples and recording demos and not everybody writes their own music when they're pop stars. And I think that's some things that, uh, young people don't really think about critically. That's a great point. I, I agree with you on that. Thumbs up for me. All right. All right. I, it's down to the wire for me on this one. I, um, you know, I, I had kind of the same experience with Brandon where I, I, I didn't find it holding my attention that much, but then, you know, in revisiting it, like there was a lot that I liked. Um, I think Annie is genuinely probably one of the, like the nicest characters in any of these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. like she seems like a very nice person. And like the fact that it got that across to me, I was like, Oh, that's kind of unique. <laughs> um, also, we mentioned the montage, but that workout montage is worth, it should have been 10 <laughs> minutes longer. Really, really loved it. Um, then on the, on the flip side, the, the, the coherence of scene to scene for me and my ability to kind of even track the characters, like uh, they all kind of seemed like not serving the most purpose. Like even Fran Drescher's character was like, was 
good like she did a good job but like the fact that that character had such a long tail in this movie and then other ones kind of like i didn't really know what ronnie's deal was at certain points uh maybe it's just me um i, I gotta split the vote on this one and go thumbs down hmm. i'm with brandon this one's going to the supreme court baby yep <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I I respect uh, your guys' opinions on this because, look, I mean, these movies are not made for the almost 30 crowd. They're made for kids and families. So, you know, I just have this polluted brain from watching all of the children's movies. Uh, And so when one comes along that's like this, uh, you know, I have to breathe a sigh of relief really because anything to get me away from a movie like high school musical or Halloween <laughs> town or uh I don't know another fucking dog movie you know <laughs> oh, no I really really need a break so uh, anytime I can watch a movie that's even remotely like gone are the days or tiger town it, you're gonna get probably a positive reaction from me sure you know you actually made me think of something i hadn't really considered before and it's a way of voting that could potentially change all of the thumbs ups and the thumbs downs that i have given we can abolish the electoral college we're gonna get rid of it baby it's time for a new system i mean not really but if you know we're we are 20 somethings we are uh older now we are of childbearing age Yes, Christ. even the men. What? But <laughs> what I'm thinking is like these are these are kids' movies. So like, would you watch this again with your hypothetical child? That I feel like that is a whole different kind of thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, I used to give that as a rating, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, I I think that's valid. I mean, this one, I don't know. This one probably not. I mean, it's not really like suitable for entertaining a kid i don't think i mean maybe not now but like i was even thinking the opposite like i was thinking yeah if, uh, if my kid if my like you know four or five year old kid said i want to watch rock and roll mom again i'd say okay sure yeah let's put it on it would and it would be more nice entertaining get, than some of the I other see shit. the nice lady get pinned down yes. <laughs> i want more like i want to see you throw flower at the guy i want to see you throw flower in a guy's face I kind of I'm I'm on board with that Brandon. I I think even a step away from like would you show it to your kid? I don't think that I would be I don't think that this would be one of those movies that if your my kid was watching it over and over that I'd be like this fucking movie again. Like I mm-hmm. I could this one could be playing and it wouldn't actively annoy me like your mind tonight would yeah. come on and I'd be like your mind tonight. Yeah. Like like I could get into this one as like a background noise. Yep. Um, I would show this to my kids. Yeah, right. That's legit. I f- I feel the same way. So yeah, but there's, like, there's different ways to look at this. Yeah, there's definitely movies that we've watched that if my kid liked it, I'd be like, oh, the movie, the movie died. It, it, didn't, <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> they put it back in the vault. It's there forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like Hounded or like these High School Musicals. Like, yeah. I could not stand. Like, if my kid was like a watch high school musical on repeat kid i'd be like yo son i'm gonna send you to fucking high school for the musical if you don't stop this (laughs) you know i lived in that house in 
2006 and 2007. That explains a lot about you. I have five younger sisters, three of whom were on the show, and I would, you know, be sitting in the den, and they would come in. Doesn't matter what I was watching. High School Musical would go on, and they would start doing the dance. So I remember when we watched High School Musical for episode 30, and it gets to the end of the movie, and it's, uh, what is it? We're all in this together. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I know all of these dance moves. Stop. I've seen these dance moves a thousand times. I could do this dance. The person you are describing, Ryan, is me. Dude, that explains so much about you. You knew this about me already, I think, I maybe. Know. <laughs> Listeners, you want to know more about Brandon's personal life? Call him on his cell phone at... Five one six. No, 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 no. That's our. Yeah, call me on my cell phone at nine one four eight six three sixteen thirteen and ask me whatever questions you want. It is me. That is Brandon, and you can give me a call. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, no problem. That's our. (laughs) Yup. Yeah, no, we're we're let's uh, let's run out the clock. We are all over the place on the internet. We're on Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We're on Twitter at Tipsy Panel. We are on the email at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel at gmail.com. We just said the phone number. I'm not saying it again. Just just click that rewind button for like 45 seconds. Nine one four eight six three sixteen thirteen. This episode's brought to you by Stitch Fix. Uh, you'll get twenty per- twenty dollars <laughs> off of your first box if you order and you like the things you get. We're going to send you a shirt that says Rock and Roll Mom and uh, a, a sequin jumpsuit and uh, a platinum blonde bleached wig. Uh, this episode's brought to you by the Electoral College. The Electoral College for when you don't give a shit. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's our show, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next time. I'll have another decom for you. Bye. Peace. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Joe Pantoliano blowing up a giant guitar. <laughs> yeah, we did. I we talked that. about his blow up. Oh shit, you did. I'm sorry. Well, he didn't explode anything, yeah. so it doesn't matter. He's like, look, he's so mad. Sorry, this is, this is several beers in. Oh, Alright, I'm gonna stop recording. Same. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.